Welcome to the Living on Purpose podcast. I am your host, Maudie Wollner, a multiple business owner, life coach, busy mom of three, and curious student of life. This podcast is a place for inspired women to gather. Each week, I will share personal stories, quick inspo, strategies that you can implement right away, and engage in real conversations with badass women who have made the conscious decision to live a life on purpose one that they have intentionally designed and that they now demand. No more allowing our lives to be defined by everyone else. No more putting ourselves on the back burner. No more living in a state of default and never going after our goals or our dreams. We are gonna live our best lives on our terms. Living on purpose is our goal and we're gonna get after it starting right now. This is episode two of the Living on Purpose podcast with my very, very special guest, Elise Enriquez. Do you dread Mondays? Do you find yourself getting super cranky on Sunday because the work week is looming? If yes, this interview is for you. Elise outlines how she left the corporate world to start her own coaching practice and intentionally designed her dream career. This interview is packed with amazing, good stuff that you won't want to miss. And it's very special to me because Elise has been my life coach for nine years. Without any more further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, Elise Enriquez. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. And of course, I had to ask you to be my very first guest on this show because you have been with me and been such a huge help for me as my coach over the last forever amount of years. So <laughs> I just wouldn't have wanted to start this journey with anyone else. Oh, thank you. I'm honored. Yeah, you're welcome. So a little backstory between Elise and I, we met nine years ago at a networking group called BNI. And this was before life coaching was a thing, I think. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. When you joined the group, I had never heard of a life coach. I was like, what is up with this? What is the deal? And instantly after a couple months, I knew I just needed to start working with you. And it's been so fun over the past eight, nine years to watch you grow as a coach and to really shift and change and pivot in your coaching practice. Um, And so I was hoping that you could start by telling us a little bit about what you have going on right now uh, in your practice. And then also tell us a little bit about what you got going on in your personal life. Yeah, sure. So in my coaching practice, I love, I I call myself a productivity coach. I've um, kind of hard figuring out like what to call yourself, right? You know, so life coach, people want to say business coach because I love to work with entrepreneurs. So I love to work with business owners with, you know, teams of, you know, five people or so. It's just a really fun group of people to work with, but we are tackling life and business, right? And so I really call myself a productivity coach. And to me, productivity just means moving forward what matters most. Mm -hmm. And I look at things at life as a bunch of different elevations that we have these three major elevations in life. So we have the the bottom level of, of actions and projects. The next level up is goals and vision. And the next level after that is values and purpose. And that in order to be fulfilled in order to, you know, achieve things and in order to feel confident, 
we need to be intentional in all those areas. And so for me, that's productivity. It's moving forward what matters most for people and creating breakthroughs in each of those elevations. So that's what I do in my current coaching practice. Um, so personally, what do you want to know about personally? I don't know. What's got, what's going on for you? What's some, what's, what has you most excited about your personal life right now? Uh, definitely my relationship. So I'm, I, it's kind of funny to say newly engaged. I won't go into the long story around how long it took us to be engaged, but, uh, I, I guess I should say I'm newly publicly engaged. So announced to, you know, to the land of social media just this weekend, I think that my girlfriend and I are going to get married next summer. And that has me insanely happy because uh, I think really having a, having a, um, a partner in my life, it's something that I've always wanted in the way that I have it with her. So I, I was married before, um, and went through a lot of work in myself and then with my, you know, with my husband at the time to figure, to make the, the marriage that I wanted. And it wasn't working. It was, it was, and I, when I realized it wasn't ever going to work, by the time I had done that much work, when my girlfriend showed up, it was just instant and obvious. Like I was so clear on what I wanted and I was so clear on what I needed in my life mm. that when she showed up, it was just like, oh, there she is. Like, that's crazy. And I just today we were, I was giving her a hug goodbye and I was just like, what if it can just always be this good? And she's like, it will be. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's just do that. You know? And so just, that's just like kind of, that's our intention is that it's always just going to be this good. So it feels. It oh, feels- I love it so much. And I got chills again and I almost started tearing up <laughs> again when you told me, well, actually it wasn't even you that told me. Um, Kim told me. Kim told me. Yes. Yeah, my told you. <laughs> um, about a month ago, I instantly welled up because it's just been so amazing to watch your happiness together. And this whole podcast, my goal with this podcast is to talk and have conversations around uh, deciding what kind of life we want and designing that life. And today I want to talk to you about your career changes and your career design, but I have a feeling that on a future podcast, I'm going to have to have you come back to talk about that aspect and the relationship and how relationships change Mm -hmm. over time and how we really do have to make a conscious decision to design every aspect of our life, whether it's career, relationship, fitness, whatever. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And also it dawned on me that I remember the time, I don't know how long it was ago that I think I hired you to be my business coach, right? Yes, you did. Yeah. For the insurance agency. Yes. And I don't know how long it was into that process that I asked you kind of tentatively, can we not talk about business? (laughs) (laughs) Can we, can we talk about my life? Mm -hmm. And it was so cool to, um, to be able to do that with you and to, to, to be able to talk about everything. Because like you said, it's not uh, all the different segments. It's, it's life. And, uh, you know, calling yourself a productivity coach is so wonderful because you can be and we all want to be productive in all those different categories in your right. life. Yeah. And all of them affect each other. Right. So that's why I always get excited when people are ready to transition from like, okay, business to some personal components, because it all affects each other. If something is not working mm-hmm. in one area of your life, I guarantee you it's affecting other areas of your life. Even if the other areas are going well, that's right. the thing is like, things can be going really well in, in business, but if something's not working personally, then 
when you can figure that stuff out, it just improves business and vice mm-hmm. versa. So it's always fun for me to get to dabble in all, <laughs> in all the areas. I'm a generalist. I like working in all the areas. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad that you came into my life. Oh, me too. I feel so grateful. So another reason I'm super excited to talk to you today is that when you are coaching someone, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the client, me in our case does most of the talking. And so in our relationship, I really feel like I've done 90% of the talking. (laughs) You help me get through a lot of stuff. And so I'm so excited to hear your story Mm -hmm. and to hear it from start to finish about how you made the intentional career move and the, um, the intentional career transition. So can you take us back, back, back and walk us through, uh, leaving corporate and the decision behind that and into now what you're doing and why coaching? Mm-hmm. I don't really want to, I don't want to go back here, but I will for you. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, so it, it, cause I, what it looked like and what it felt like, uh, was really hard. So I was at, uh, Microsoft for a number of years and I was there for five and a half years and was there at a really exciting time. I was there at a time what I realize now was really an entrepreneurial time because I was in a division that was not, uh, that was new. I was in the online advertising division. So it was a really new space. It was kind of the wild west. So just like entrepreneurship, you had to just figure things out and just do it. And then once you got big enough at something, then you could start hiring other people to do things or, you know, whatever it might be, you could start to outsource things. Right. So it was actually at a very entrepreneurial feel. So it was really fun. Great, smart people to work with. As we became more successful, we got pulled more into, we got more attention paid to us. And so we had to start, you know, being the corporate entity that we are supposed to be, right? And that meant a lot of politics started coming into play and people really striving and not necessarily, um, you know, doing what's right, but just doing what they needed to do to try to move themselves forward. There was a lot of that that was happening around me. And I, the majority of, pe- of the people I worked with were great, but when you have that many politics, that much politics happening, it can just really get in the way of just doing good work. So that was part of it that rubbed on me is that I'm just not a political animal. I'm not out for myself all the time. And uh, the other part of it was that the end goal was online advertising. I didn't really care about online advertising. I loved the people. I loved the processes. I loved figuring things out. I loved being in meetings all day. Everybody else complained about meetings. I loved being in meetings all day. I was problem solving, doing all sorts of great stuff. But in the end, what I was getting paid for was making sure ads went live and people got invoiced correctly. Like that's what I was getting paid for. Uh, I wasn't getting paid for getting people on the same page. I wasn't getting paid, you know, really for the problem solving. I wasn't getting paid for getting us to clarity on things. You know, I was doing all that. That's not what I was getting paid for. That's not what I was valued for. Uh, And so it took a toll. And it was one of these things where slowly on Sunday evenings, Mm. I would start getting grumpy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're, if you're going to use four letter words on this podcast or not. Yes, yep. This is right. already rated explicit. Don't you worry, girl. Okay. Oh yeah, I think I remember this. Okay, so I um yeah, I would get bitchy on Sundays. I'll just say yeah, it. Yeah. Sunday afternoon, seriously is like two o'clock. Like if you could look at a clock and have it tick over into two o'clock, it would start. I could feel my energy start dropping. I could feel the dread growing in me. Um, I could feel I would start to feel a little bit of anxiety, but it was mostly just this kind of like low key dread and grouchiness. 
And by Monday mornings, it was full blown anxiety. Yeah. I did not want to go in. I would cry. I would like just lay in bed and cry and I would freak out. And my husband was just like, what is going on? Like, what is your problem? Not in a, a mean way. Just like, he just was at a loss. He's just like, you're making amazing money. You're getting amazing benefits. You work with really smart people. Like what's the deal? Yeah. And so I think it's hard when the shifts that are happening are internal because people can't see it, you know? So from the outside looking in, they don't know. They just think like, wow, Lisa's got it made. She's got this amazing job. She's, I was getting promoted. I was making good money. We had a great house, you know, great marriage, like all of those things. And I was just like, get me out of here. (laughs) So it was hard because nobody could see that part because it was all inside of me. I think that's, that's a hard part about those kinds of changes that they, you know, they happen inside and so people can't see it. Absolutely. I think that so many of us, so many people out there can completely relate to that feeling. And unfortunately, I think if that feeling goes on for a long time before we really realize our pattern and what's happening. So how, how long were you getting grouchy and bitchy on Sundays? How long, how long did you allow this to, to go on for? You know, it was probably a couple of years and And what didn't happen, so I didn't change career stuff first. I was doing some pursuings. I was, I was taking classes. Microsoft was great. They offered lots of cool career classes and discovery classes. And so I was taking these classes to learn more about myself, totally coachy type of classes, right? So I was doing that, but I wasn't doing anything with the information yet because I just was, I wasn't sure yet. Mm -hmm. But what happened was I joined Weight Watchers. So it was this thing, and it's, it's really common when you're going through change is there's like big internal changes that are happening, and then you start to try to express them externally. And when you express them externally, they're not always in the area that you want to change. And so I had wanted to lose weight, and I tackled that problem first. It was kind of like this weird little sideways diversion, you know, to yeah. energy toward that for a little bit. And I did. I lost like, gosh, I think I lost like 40 pounds or something like that. Wow. Uh, over the course of, you know, a few, like six or seven months. And so I made this big transition while I was still there, like this big transformation that was very noticeable to people. Like people were like, Oh, like how old is your baby? I'm like, Oh no, I didn't have a baby. I was just fat before. <laughs> I, just, oh, I just lost weight. Oh, yeah. but they thought like I'd lost all this baby weight or something. I was yeah. like, oh, no, no, I was just big. That's all. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And so, so sometimes you express the change in another area first. And I didn't know that I learned that in coaching later, but, um, so I expressed it there first. And that, that was like about a year before I left. So, okay, so, so you realized that you needed a change. You just didn't know what. And so you yeah. focused on your weight, mm-hmm. which That's was a change I needed to make. I needed to be healthier, but it wasn't what was causing me the most pain. <laughs> right. That's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So take us, take us now through, you went through the change at Weight Watchers. Now you're doing some work um, and learning kind of coachy learning, but you didn't, it was, didn't right. quite understand what you were doing. Yeah. And, and how did you leave? How did you exit? Well, I, at some point it was just, it was known that i like, I just knew I had to do it. And uh, we were going on a big family vacation. And I remember laying in a hammock with my husband and I just mm-hmm. said, I just can't do this anymore. I just really need to go. And, you know, he was like, well, then you need to have, 
you know, an exit plan. And we'd already been talking about real estate. Mm-hmm. And he's just, I think you should be a real estate agent. He's a mortgage broker. And so he's like, you should be a real estate agent. You'll be helping people personally. We can refer business to each other. You know, we can build this empire. And I, and for me, it was like, okay, sure. And that's what it takes for me to get to leave <laughs> this job that right. is causing me so much anxiety and stress. Because by the way, I would have all that anxiety and then I would go in and perform and do great and be happy with the people that I was with. And then it would just start over again the next week. So it's not like I was miserable at work. I was miserable once I got out of the environment. Yeah, that's really interesting as well. Yeah. And so I had great people that I worked with. I loved everybody I worked with. Well, you know, almost everybody, but you know. Oh yeah, there's always a couple. I loved 99% of the people I worked with. And so, yeah, just said, I can't do this anymore. And his thing was like, you got to have something. And so to me, real estate was this escape hatch out of that life. And I gave plenty of notice. We had a big event coming up. And so I gave two months notice. So that way we could plan for this event. My boss just did not believe me that I was going. I think he thought he could keep me. Yeah. Um, And it was tempting. It was tempting to stay. It was tempting to stay with that stability. And he almost, he almost hooked me back in. Um, But that was my escape hatch was to go and like, go get my real estate license and start a real estate business. Um, That's great. I love that you had some sort of plan, any plan. You weren't quite sure if it was the plan, but the exit strategy was to have somewhere to land. Yeah, I had to do something. Right, right. And I also love that you didn't burn the bridges. You know, I I feel like there's so many stories out there of people going out in a blaze of glory. (laughs) And and I I don't know how I feel about that. Probably I have a little bias because I do have employees and I would be so devastated if, if that happened to me. And so I just think that that shows a lot of integrity, the way you did it on both sides. Oh, thanks. It's hard. It's hard. It's, it's hard to have that conversation with somebody. It's hard to say this just isn't working. (laughs) It's not you. It's me, right? (laughs) Like this isn't working anymore. You know, I want to, I want to pursue something different and give that notice. I mean, my, my boss, he just like put his head on the table. He like seriously just put his head on the table and was like, and start shaking his head like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh crap. I'm saying, I felt so bad. Yeah. But I was just like, I have to do this. And there, it wasn't because of anything they were doing wrong there yeah. it, at all. I was treated yeah. really well at Microsoft, very well at Microsoft. It's just like, it just, it didn't matter how well they treated me. It wasn't the right fit. Right. So it was like, it, it was hard because no matter what they offered or tried to do, it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. Okay. And that's a hard conversation to have to kind of keep, like to say, to turn somebody down and they keep turning them down. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And you said that you felt so bad. How did you get over that? Because I think as women, we do want to please. Yes. And so how did you get over the fact that you were going to upset your boss? Oh girl, I am wired to please, not just because I'm a woman, but because I am an Enneagram type nine, which is the harmonizer, which means I don't want to rock the boat. Mm -hmm. I want to help everybody, you know, get whatever it is they need and I'll Mm -hmm. figure out how to get what I need on the side somehow I'll, you know, but it's just at some point, you know, we, I, I just reached this breaking point and I just knew in my heart, like in my like very core that. I was not suited to be there anymore. And it didn't make anything wrong with me or mm-hmm. with the company. I just was not, it was not the right fit for me. Yeah. And so it was definitely hard, but I just had to keep coming back to the feeling of Sundays and Monday mornings, Sunday afternoons and Monday mornings like that could not be ignored. Our bodies can tell us so much. And, and I have a hard time listening to my body. Yeah. I, 
it was loud and it was screaming at me. <laughs> right. One, yeah. one shitty conversation was going to be worth mm-hmm. all the future really shitty Sundays. Yeah. I mean, like I love Mondays. I love what I do now. Right. Yeah. So, Like, gosh, I, I don't want anybody to feel that way. I don't want anybody to feel the dread of a Sunday afternoon or whatever your last day of the, of your break is before you go in your work week. But yeah, it's just not. I don't either. And I was going to save this question and we'll get to what you're doing, what you're up to right now. Mm -hmm. But I was going to save this question for later, but I think it's a great segue is to, what advice would you give to someone who is having those Sundays? And, you know, if you just cruise social media on Sunday afternoon, it's so, de- it's like a depressing, depressing place, you know, it's like, <laughs> great. Here's, you know, here comes Monday. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's feeling exactly how you felt years ago? I would, I would say to look at why are you feeling that way to see if it's, if it's relational. So if it's about your job and it's relational, if it's about the relationships at your job, and that's where the dread is coming from, then have the conversations to address that. But if it's at the core of your work or the, the result that you're getting paid for does not light you up, then it probably means a career transition, right? So I think it's making sure to distinguish between what might be a relational issue or a communication issue that can sometimes be solved pretty easily. And then you're fine again, you're fine at work again, versus like, this is just not who I am. This work does not feed me Mm -hmm. my soul at all in any way, shape or form. And if that's the case, then it's a whole, it's a whole different process. Right. And I'm sure, um, capturing some of your strengths within your current position is a suggestion that you would have for someone. Cause you said, you know, you love the entrepreneurial side of Microsoft mm-hmm. and you love the wild, wild west and you loved having meetings and connecting people. And that still wasn't what you were getting paid for. And because I know you, I know that you took each one of those things mm-hmm. and have built a career around them. I know, right? That's what I do now. Which is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So tell us why coaching. So you, you went into real estate and then mm-hmm. take us through that and how yeah. you landed in coaching. So I was there for a couple of years and I always feel weird telling my story because I was like, I was successful at Microsoft and then I was successful in real estate and I'm just like great at everything. And, um, and that's actually not how it is at all in the sense that I was successful at Microsoft. I went into real estate and and really did have good success right away. I was a personable person, (laughs) right? I was willing to drive people around and do all that. I'll do all the things you need to do with, with real estate. For me, it was really more about relating with people. And that was really fun for me. But at the end of the day, I knew what it was going to take to keep it up. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't in me to do it. I just didn't care. Again, I didn't care enough. I do care about homeownership. I do believe in real estate um, as an investment, but that didn't mean I wanted to be facilitating that for people all the time. So what real estate gave me though, was even more of an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and it also gave me flexibility, which meant I could go and interview anybody I wanted to, anybody who was willing to talk to me about what they did. And that's what I did is I spent, I was in real estate for a couple of years. And in that last year, mm-hmm. I seriously thought if, if there's anybody that's doing anything that's remotely interesting to me, I will just reach out to them and do an informational interview with them. And so I thought I wanted to be in the nonprofit realm because I was like, I just want to help people. Right. And so that meant nonprofit. I had no idea, or to me, that meant nonprofit. I had no idea how huge that world was. <laughs> so I just started sitting down with anybody I could know that might work at a nonprofit. And I'd let my friends know this and they started, you know, helping me find people to talk to. And I would just go do informational interviews with people and ask them about what they did for a living and how they worked and 
I was reading um, all these different self-help books around career transition to try to figure out, you know, all this stuff. And then one day I picked up a book called Finding Your Own North Star by Martha Beck. And uh, she's a life coach. She's like, people call her like the Oprah life coach or whatever, because she has, you know, her column in O Magazine and stuff. And so uh, I was reading her book and doing all these exercises. And I enjoyed the exercises in these other books I was doing. And I took classes on career, trying to figure out my career. And I love these classes. I kept thinking, I want to do that. I want to teach these classes. Like I want to do what she's doing. But then I was reading this book and I was doing the exercises and I had that feeling. I had this feeling of like my head floating off my body of like, I want to just do this with other people. Like, I love what I'm doing. I want to do this exercise and that exercise and that one and that one and that one and that one with other people. And just saying it to you just now, I got like chills again Yeah. and figured out from somebody else is like, Oh yeah, he's, he already had an idea for me. He's like, I was thinking that maybe you should look into coaching. And I'm like, what's that? You know, (laughs) what What are you talking about? Like, I don't know basketball or football or soccer. Exactly. Exactly. Like maybe volleyball. Not really. I was, I was no good at any of it. (laughs) I tried a lot of those. No, but it was like, you're saying it was a new, it was a newer thing, you know, and uh, you know, 10 years ago. And so, and this was a little more than 10 years ago now that I was investigating all of it. And so I started looking into coaching programs uh, around the area and uh, just anywhere I could and kind of circled back to Martha Beck again and got certified as a coach through her program. I just, I I knew it was the right thing just by reading that book, by just knowing like these activities, like this getting to clarity stuff, I love doing and I want to do this with people. Even though I'd never done that with people on a personal level, I was always doing it in terms of what kind of, what, what house do you want, right? Getting people to clarity, Mm -hmm. couples to clarity on the house that they wanted or, or their, their goals for selling or at Microsoft getting to clarity from everybody's roles and what their, their part was and making sure we knew how to fit everything together, right? Yeah. And never in this way, but I, it just, it was, again, my body spoke to me. Like I said, I don't listen to my body very well. So when it speaks to me, I, I better listen. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I've heard four awesome tips for okay. anybody who, uh, is, is in the position of wanting a career change. Mm-hmm. So the first one is to figure out if it's relationship or situational and to tap into your strengths on what you're doing mm-hmm. right now. I love the idea of looking around at other people who are in careers that look maybe sort of kind of interesting and interviewing them. I know so many people who would, I can't think of anybody who wouldn't be willing to sit down with someone to talk about their career if they're totally passionate and love it. Well, people like to talk about themselves. Yes, they do. Uh, Look at me. I'm here right now, right? Like I'm talking about myself, right? (laughs) Yep. Like to talk about themselves. And so you get to learn all sorts of stuff, whether they like their career or not. Mm, that's mm-hmm. useful information too, to Absolutely. find out why they don't like their career. That's helpful information as well. Okay. Good point. Good point. So also you read a lot of self-help books. So yes. finding your your own North Star. Mm-hmm. Do you have a couple more that you might want to recommend? When it comes to career transition, what color is your parachute is okay. a classic. It's totally an old school classic, but it has so many exercises in there that just help you get clear on things. So I think I am a big fan of books that require you to do work, right? You know, I like books that have steps for you to take actions for you to complete exercises for you to do. And so, uh, finding, or sorry, uh, what color is your parachute? Like I said, total classic. 
and you can buy it. It comes, you can order it with a workbook as well. So you can read the book, but also get a workbook. So you have all the little worksheets to work through and the, and all the handouts. So, I mean, I took it seriously. It was studying like every exercise that Martha Beck told me to do in that book. I had a notepad and I did all of the exercises. So I had basically this career transition notebook that I would just do exercises in as where I kept all my notes for my informational interviews it, there was no rhyme or reason to it. It's like all of, all of everything I was learning was in that one spot for me. That's awesome. Okay. So those two books, I, one of my favorites is Pivot by Jenny Blake. I don't know if you've read that one. She also has a podcast all about career change as well. That's awesome. And then the, la- the last tip, I think I said four, but I think I'm actually only repeating three, <laughs> is to listen to your body. So we, I think we're so used to not listening to our body. How would one begin to listen to what their body is trying to tell them? Yeah. So this is one, it's like, let yourself, let yourself feel the stuff when you're feeling it okay. and see, see what that feels like. But if, you, if you're not used to doing that yet, then one of like the, you know, earliest pieces of work I, I used to do as a coach was body compass work. And so body compass work was, you know, having somebody share a time that was horrible for them. Like, tell me all about it. Like get, like, tell me every detail, make me feel and see and hear like everything that was happening in this like really crappy moment in life. Right. Nothing traumatic, right. We don't want anything traumatic, but just something crappy, like a really horrible experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you talk about as they're describing it, you can start to feel in your body when you start to describe, even if you were to write about it, but it's best if you could tell something, you know, share this with somebody, but you start to feel the sensations in your body of what that kind of negative 10 feeling feels like. And then we start naming it. We figure out where is it at in your body? You know, what color is it maybe like, what does it look like? What does it feel like? And is it, is there movement to it? Is there motion to it? And so then it's like, you know, for some people it's like, it's a spiky black ball feeling that's in yeah. my gut, you know? Yeah. So now we know that that's a negative 10 all right, tell me about one of the best moments in your life, right? And so you just do body compass for like the best moment in your life. Where do you feel that? How does that feel? What's that name, right? So then you might get like the bright the bright orange sun feeling in my heart or whatever it might be. For me, it was the helium balloon, the feeling of like my head lifting off my body, right? Yeah. So it's like, I can either have helium balloon feeling and actually the other one I called like the gray tile feeling. It was the gray tile, feeling, like cold gray tile, like just square flat cold in my gut. Yeah. And so, um, so then you would start to identify that and then pay attention to whenever you felt even a glimmer mm-hmm. of either of those feelings. So if when you're doing an informational interview with somebody, you start to like, they start talking about stuff that they're excited about that that role that they have, but it starts to give you the gray tile feeling, right? Like, yeah, maybe this isn't going to be the role for you. Right. But if they start talking about something and you start to engage when you're like, Ooh, head, you know, helium balloon head feeling like, okay, like, keep going in this direction, right? So it becomes a compass for you to help direct you. I love that so much. And because I've been doing so much work, uh, listen, tuning into my own body. It's funny before we started, before I hit record to this podcast, I was telling you that I was nervous. You know, this is my first interview, my first podcast interview. And when I was interviewing BAs, I was telling them, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to like to, I don't even know how I'm going to feel. And as you were talking about feeling your body, I realized that I was getting that really cool, excited, weightless feeling in my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, Maude, okay, let's tune into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So thank you for the reminder. You're welcome. 
So um, I am going to wrap up all my podcasts with the same question okay. or a variation of the same question. Um, and the email that I sent to you, I'm going to change it a little bit. Uh, but tell me what, Elise, does living on purpose mean to you? Oh, gosh. Okay, I got a chill, so that's good. <laughs> my body's talking to me. <laughs> We're all in tune. What does living on purpose mean to me? So to me, I, I go to like my definition of, of intentional. So so purposeful, intentional, right? Like I feel like they're, they're good synonyms for each other. And so intentional means clarity, communication, and, and consistency. That's my formula for intention. And so living on purpose means being really clear about what I want in my life. Um, what I want in my life, what I want in my work, what I want in my relationships and all those aspects, right, that we talked about. Uh, so that's a clarity piece. Communication, like talk, telling that, sharing that with the people who matter most. And those people differ depending on the area of life, right? But, you know, more often than not, for sure, it's my fiance. Like she's, she pretty much hears everything, right? Um, but letting the people in to the clarity so they know what it is I got clear about and they can understand where it is I'm trying to go and the expectations that I have. And then consistency is just setting up those systems to support you and taking the right actions over and over again to move the ball forward, to create the habits you need to create. And I, I lean on you a lot for that. You know, I lean on you and your, your um, challenge groups for helping me build the, the consistency and the habits for myself. So, because, you know, good coaches have support, right? Absolutely. So. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. Oh, I love that answer so much. So where can our listeners get in touch with you? Where can they find you? Where do you hang out? I hang out mostly. I'm more of a Facebook person. Sometimes I'm on Instagram, but Elise Enriquez, uh, coaching and consulting on Facebook or EliseEnriquez.com. You can find me there. Awesome. This was super fun. I am so thankful for you being on the Living on Purpose podcast as my very first guest. I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I am honored. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Living on Purpose podcast. It has been a blast hanging out with you. If you loved this week's episode, please hit that subscribe button. That way you won't miss any future goodness we throw your way. Craving community and connection with like-minded badass women? Feel free to join us in the Living on Purpose Facebook group. And of course, the best gift that you could possibly give is an honest review on iTunes. All right, that's it. Until next time always keep living on purpose.